This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have me a drink. Just in case it gets wild. Who knows? You know, it's, it's important to stay hydrated. I've heard. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I see people are drinking water. Yeah, it's good. You know, in case, you know, you never know when the Holy Ghost falls and you have to take a run. But, you know, I mean, it's just, okay, if that happens, everybody run the same direction. So we don't want anybody to crash. You know, that's no good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's you know, I, 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 let me say it this way. Welcome, everybody that's watching online. Praise the Lord. Glad you're here. Glad you joined us. Um, I believe we're going to have a great time here tonight, and you might as well just join in and expect the Lord to give you answers as well. Just because you're, you couldn't be here and you're at home does not mean that the Holy Ghost don't know your address. And so I would just uh, expect to be touched right there in your chair. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I'm excited about tonight. I don't know about you, but, you know, every time that, that, that believers get together, you know, we just said where two or three are gathered in his name, right? He's there. And so then there, there, is, there, is, there is a potential for your life to be radically changed. There's also the potential that you can sit here and walk out the same way you came. It happens too often. And so, but it's not because God doesn't want to. Because God wants to. He wants to visit you. He wants to show you things that you haven't seen yet. He's not holding anything against you. Did you know that? He's never out to find fault. He's out to help. He's a good daddy. He's a good father. And he has the answers to your problems. And it might not be as complicated as you might think. <laughs> you know, God isn't very complicated. You know, he made it, you know, so that you could become a new creature. You know, so you could be born again just by saying yes. That's not very complicated. You didn't even have to understand, you know, all of, the, of, the, of, of what redemption meant to receive Jesus, right? You just needed to, you just, you just had a revelation that he's real. He loves me and I need him. And you said yes to Jesus and you made him the Lord of your life. And boom. Now, you, you, sin was taken out of your life. You were made a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Holy, the Bible says. Blameless in his sight. And that wasn't hard. So a lot of times I think we try to make it too hard. You know, we try to like cross the T's, dot the I's, make sure everything is in line. And we, we also want to feel like something's happening or whatever, you know. And you want, you, you're not always going to feel. That doesn't mean that God is not in the building and he cannot, he, that he can't change your life. You know, I believe that every time we get together, it's, it's an eternal event. You'll, it'll never be a, a, a service just like this one. Because we get together in the name of Jesus. We get together and we expect something from heaven. I'm just kind of setting you up. You know, because if, well, if you don't expect anything, you're probably not going to get anything. I want you to get something. I didn't prepare all day for you to just go home and not get anything. Right? 
I didn't sit in my basement and get into the word and pray for you, for you to come in here, sit just for an hour and then leave and then nothing happened. You kind of just notched it off that you went to church on Wednesday night. Well, that's not what this is about. This is about life change. This is about you seeing something you haven't seen before in the eternal word of God. And the word of God is alive and it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between spirit and soul and joint to marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it can help you to see. It can divide between you not being able to see between what is just your soul and what is God talking to you. That's what the word will do for you. If you will just honor it for what it is, God speaking to you. In 1 Thessalonians, I think it is 2.13, whatever it says that, you know, uh, they received the word as it was God speaking directly to them. And guess what? It was working effectively in them. Why? Because they received it as it was the word of God. Because I didn't, I didn't come here just to, to, to crack a few jokes and have three points and a poem and we can all go home. I don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste your time. Life's too short for that. So I believe that you're going to see some things that you haven't seen before tonight regarding your life in Christ Jesus, regarding what he did for you the day that you received him as your Lord and Savior. Because a ton of stuff happened right then that most believers have no clue about. They don't know about it and they certainly don't live in it because you can see it because they have a frown on their face. They're not even happy. What's that all about when Jesus gave you his joy? And his peace, hallelujah, on the inside of you. Well, that is just because you are looking at the outside and not at the inside. You haven't learned how to walk in Christ yet. But we can learn, right? We can learn. <laughs> God is so good. Hallelujah. And it was when I realized how good he is and what he has already done for me that I started to walk in freedom. Because up until that time, I had tried to do it in my own strength, and I just never measured up. Have you ever been there? Feeling like, I just can't kick that habit. I just can't get around that. It seems like I'm stuck. Well, for a child of God, being stuck is not God's will for your life. Being in the same place is not the plan of God for your life. His plan for you is to always move forward, and it's going to be an upward trajectory. The blessing of the Lord is supposed to be evident in your life because you're walking with the head of the church. Praise the Lord. When I, when I was born again at eight years old, I gave my heart to the Lord. I, I think it was because I, I had to ask my mother how old I was, you know, and, and stuff. But I remember these these. These tent meetings, I was out in a field, grass inside the tent, you know, you know the smell of it. Have anybody of you been in a tent meeting? It's like a different, different deal. They had planks to walk on when it was, you know, in Norway it rains a lot. And so they had planks to walk on and stuff like that, you know. So, but, you know, they had these, I can't even remember the names of these preachers that came in, but, but the Holy Ghost would fall. The presence of God would fall. And I would run to the altar and get saved again and again and again. I didn't know any better. 
I was a child. The one thing I did know, I wanted God. I didn't understand everything about the plan of redemption. I didn't understand any of it. But what I did know is that God is good. What I did know is that something on the inside of me was drawing me to him. And if we just do the same now, just come to him, then he's going to be able to radically change just your life, everything about you. And so, you know, I, I get through life, and I, I remember even as a, as a young, young kid, I didn't have the drive that all the other kids had to pursue a, a certain, you know, uh, 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 education or whatever. I just wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. And now I can see why, but then I didn't understand it. You know, because I didn't know I was called to preach. You know, I just knew I wanted to be with Jesus. You know, and so I didn't have the same desire to pursue this or pursue that. And it's like, I just wanted to be with Jesus. But I realized, you know, it's like after a while, it's just like, got to make a living. <laughs> so I just looked at what was happening around me. You know, we had a shipyard there where I grew up. And, and a lot of the guys would, would just, you know, become pipe fitters or whatever. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm, I, I, I just want to go kind of in that direction. And, and my dad was a chief engineer. He sailed, you know, up floor and all these big ships and stuff. So I, I kind of started kind of moving in that direction. And I ended up being a mechanic. I ended up being a chief mechanic on a, on a ship that sailed all over the world, and we were looking for oil. So I was in Africa looking for oil. I was in the Mediterranean looking for oil. I was in Greenland looking for oil. We came over to the, to the Gulf of Mexico, and we just turned around and went to Greenland, I think it was. I don't know what happened there, but something happened. But anyhow, uh, but I wasn't happy. I was traveling, and, and it was fun. You know, I had half the year off. I was work for five weeks, and then I had five weeks off, and, and, and I was enjoying life. You know, as a single person, that's, that's kind of a sweet deal, I thought. You know, have somebody pay for me to travel all over the world, and I have five weeks off. Woo, this is nice. So anyhow, but there was something in me that wasn't satisfied. And, um, and so I, I, you know, so I... It took a while, I, you know, I walked away from the Lord for a few years. I'm not going to go into all that stuff. And then I, and I, and then I just realized I, I, I need Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out a lot because if I'm going to tell everything, then we're going to be out of time. I'm not going to get to my point. And so in, in there, I actually went one year to Bible school at Rhema <laughs> in 1993. I was 18 years old. And, uh, and uh, because I knew that God had called me to ministry, but then I only had money to stay for a year. Because, you know, as an international student, you can't work. And so, you know, after a while, you know, as an 18-year-old, I I'd had saved up, you know, just a certain amount of money, and then I ran out of money. I need to go home. And so I went home, even though I knew on the inside I wasn't done. But I wasn't bold enough to make the moves necessary to be able to, to stay. And so I went back, continued to pursue, you know, just being a mechanic and stuff, and then I ended up offshore. So in 2003... Uh, I remember Brother Hagen died in the fall, and I thought that the world had come to an end. You know, Kenneth E. Hagen, I don't know if you know him, but he went home to be with the Lord. And, um, and so I turned my life around to, to start pursuing the Lord, you know, start pursuing his things. But still, I worked offshore until 2010. But then I got to a point where, you know, okay, uh, actually it was when I was in services just like this one. 
where the power of God was manifest, where, where, the, where the Holy Ghost was moving, that, that, that started moving in me. So it's like, you need to go back to Bible school. And I thought when I was in the service, I thought, yep, I need to go back to Bible school. Then I walk out the door, get out from underneath the presence of the Lord. I was like, I'm not going back to Bible school. <laughs> Have you ever been there? You know, because, you know, the thing is, and what I'm going to talk about today is that man is a three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay, so the spirit part of you gets born again. So that part of you is in contact with God. Completely holy and righteous. Then you have your, your mind, you know, your soul, your, your mind, will, and emotions. That's the, that's, that's the other part of you. And that's what's, what's been influenced by how you grew up. What the people around you are doing or has do, have done. And so that's when I, was, when I walked out, you know, the door, and I wasn't in the presence of the Lord. Then my, my reasoning, my mind, my soul would take over. And I would start to think, well, I can't, I, I, I can't quit my job. You know, I finally made it to chief mechanic. Now I have this, this nice income. And, and, and it's this, most people that get in that position stay there until they retire. Because in, in Norway, it's like, it's, it's, if you do your job, they, they can't fire you if you even make a halfway attempt to do your job. And so people just take great benefits, you know, great interest. All that stuff was there. I even, I even was able to, by the grace of God, when I, when I turned my life around in 2003, I realized I had to get myself out of my environment that I was in. I was smart enough to know that I wasn't strong enough in the Lord and His things to be around my old friends. So I can give you some advice now if, you, if you're in a place where you need to turn some things around. Well, you probably need to cut off some of those influences that don't know God. that are ungodly because they will pull you in the wrong direction. So I realized I had to, 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 to get myself out of that environment. So I just, I just asked the Lord for favor and I asked him, you know, can I, can I just live in America? Can I just live in Tulsa? You know, because that was like Bible school. That was the last place I was like, I was pursuing the Lord. So I was just like, well, you know, if you get off track, just get back to where you knew last you were on track. Right. And so I, so I asked him, is that okay? And they said, Sure. You know, because they would fly me all over the world anyhow, so it didn't really matter where I lived. And then I got contacted by them after a while because they're like, well, uh, we see your, your travel insurance only lasts for like so and so long. And they said, you need insurance. And so I said, I didn't know I needed insurance. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I grew up in Norway. You know, everything's paid for by the government. And so I come over here and says, <laughs> you need all that stuff. And so they paid for the best and just gave it to me. And so, so, so the Lord made provision for me to... To, to move and, and get an environment that, that I could get, you know, the word. I started going to, to prayer and healing school at Rhema because I kind of felt a drawing towards that. And, and so I started feeding on that. And, 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 and the things of God just, just, just started to become more and more real to me. What was I doing? I was building myself up on my most holy faith. You know, I was, I was getting the word in, you know, and now I was actually praying, you know, and I was, I was, I was actually moving in the right direction. But it wasn't until 2010 that I made the switch. Actually, the Lord told me, he says, if you don't do something now, you'll be too late to fulfill everything I've called you to do. Sometimes you need a kick in the behind. Have you ever been there? I've sometimes had to have several kicks. But <laughs> and so now, 
I go back to Bible school. I'm talking about you renewing your mind. Okay? I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about the, the part of you that is not born again. And, and I was, so now I went to, 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 to got in, got to school, and, and I, I decided to do biblical studies because that was the only course they had where you didn't have to preach. Because they would make you preach 12 minutes, 12 minutes in the spring and 12 minutes or in the, in the fall and the 12 minutes in the spring. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> well, I was afraid of being behind a, behind a pulpit. I was like, I'm not, not doing that. But they had biblical studies. So that is great. I can just learn about the Bible. And I can, I can do what God asked me to do. <laughs> he just told me to go back to Bible school. That's all I know. So I'm back in Bible school. So, so as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing what he asked me to do. <laughs> and he was okay with that. You know, because the thing is that it's going to take faith for you to take the steps that God wants you to take. And that's going to take the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't put the word of God in you, you will have no faith to stand for anything. Faith is of the heart. If you find that you have problems in an area, it's because you lack faith. In the fact that God has provided for you in that area. And the only thing that can fix that is the word of God. So now, um, I'm in school. And, uh, and I'm like, Lord, uh, if I'm going to do this, uh, I ask you to put me with the best. Because I realized that he had, had called me to preach, but I just didn't want to preach yet. <laughs> and so, but I said, put me with the best. So I won't just have a three-point sermon and a poem. You know, I want to help people. I want to help people get into the fullness of what God has called them to do and live a life in victory. And so I felt impressed that, well, I'm supposed to stay close to the prayer and healing center. And then I, I felt like I should be part of a prayer group. So they wouldn't, you know, so I had some ministers that really like, like, like spoke to me. Have you ever had that? You know, like a minister that really is like, whoa, there's something about them. There's something about what they're, uh, uh, something about them. And so there was one, per, one there was, a, was an African-American in his 60s, Brother Harlan Jacobs. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. But what a minister of the gospel. He actually went home preaching the gospel. He died preaching the gospel. Anyhow... And so, what a, what a wonderful entrance that is. You talk about him, and then you see him face to face. Praise the Lord. And so, I, 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 I was, so they just gave us these, these, these sign-up sheets, you know, they didn't say who was leading the groups. So I just felt led to, you know, uh, pray for a healing school and end-time glory. Sounded great to me. Who doesn't like glory, the glory of the Lord? You know, it's like, I can pray for that. And so I signed up for, for that one. And lo and behold, Brother Harlan Jacobs was the guy who was leading that prayer group. And see, God knows what he's doing if you will follow him. He will help you. He will equip you. There's a reason why you're here tonight. He will equip you. He will help you. Because he is always out to help you. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, 21, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work for doing his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. 
He's always working in you. He's always trying to help you and bring you up and forward and make you effective where he's put you in the body. And so now I'm in this prayer group and, and he says something like this. He says, you that are in this prayer group, we're not just going to pray for healing school and end time glory. He says, we're going to change your prayer life. And he did. In just a few months, he, he started preaching righteousness. He started preaching who you are in Christ because of what he did. Your place in him because of what the blood did for you. Because you see, he didn't know this, but I was dealing with, with not feeling like I quite measured up because I had gone to Bible school, knew I had a call of God on my life, and walked away. The devil would tell me, well, you knew better, and you walked away. Who are you? He's always out to steal your confidence. He's always out to hold you back from God's best. But if you will follow God, he will help you renew your mind because all that he said was not true. Because Jesus himself qualified me. Jesus himself called me into the ministry. And the Bible says that his gifts and callings are without repentance. And by the way, he knew I was going to do all those mistakes before I ever did them, and yet he called me. It's all about how you see it. But the devil will always twist it and make it look like you're no good. You don't measure up. Well, you know what? The body of Christ is filled with people that don't measure up. Have you ever read Hebrews chapter 11? But all the people in there? You know, Abraham, liar, lied on it about his wife, you know. There's, there's a bunch of people in there. You know, Moses killed a man. So there's a bunch of people in there that didn't, Rahab, a bunch of people there that really didn't measure up according to man's standards, but God chose them for such a time as this, and he's chosen you for such a time as this. He made you holy. By the blood of Jesus. He qualified you. Because you were never going to be able to qualify yourself. You know, Jesus didn't come and die. <clears throat> uh, because it might help you. Or, or if, you could if you could have done it. Let me say it this way. If you could have done it yourself. He would have never died for you. That's way too high of a price. To pay. If somebody could have done it in their own strength. But there was no way that you could measure up in your own strength or ability. That's why Jesus came and he died for you. Because God loved his family so much, he says, I'm not going to let them go to hell. So I'm going to make a way for them. I'm going to actually give my son. He's going to die so that they might live. And he did. And so he was preaching righteousness. <coughs> Excuse me. Until... I started to see myself correctly. You know, there's a renewing of the mind that needs to happen. Because you are not. It's like I love T.D. Jakes. He said this. He said, you might have done what they say you've done, but you are not who they say you are. Right? 
That is so true. Because, therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, now all things have become new. Now all things are of God. And that brings us to the next point, is that we're three-part being, spirit, soul, that needs to be renewed, your mind, your will, and emotions that need to be renewed to who you are now in Christ Jesus. And then you have your body that you live in. You know, your body, you know, looks probably a lot like your mom and dad. You know, you have, have gotten some things from them, some of, some of the stuff you like, some of the stuff you're like, why <laughs> did this happen to me? You know, well, you, you have gotten some things handed down from them, but also, also your body, or, 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 or Scripture calls it flesh, has some stuff that is not born again. The only thing that got born again was the inside of you, your spirit man was born again, made a brand new creature. Now you have your soul, your mind, will, and emotions you have to deal with, and you have your body you have to deal with. Have you ever had to put your body in place? Tell it no? No more cookies for you? Not at least not today? Why are you laughing, Terry? He just did that today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> in Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Which to tell you beforehand, just also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, you know what? After you got born again, you live in the same flesh that used to be sinning all the time. You know that? It's the same flesh. But that flesh, you can keep in check. Listen to what Paul said. And you know, Paul, he wrote over half the New Testament, right? He was caught up to the third heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, he, he saw and heard things that he couldn't even, it was inexpressible. He got a, he got a revelation of who we are because of what Jesus did, and he, he, he lays that out in all of his letters. Listen to what he said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, I'm going to start reading in New King James, and I'm going to do a couple of other translations. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. That's when I preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This is Paul. Paul had flesh too, just like you. He said you need to put it under subjection. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. I'm going to read an NLT version here. And I think we have that. Put it up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize, so run to win. 
All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. <laughs> so that's something that God gave to us to do, to put it under. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete. In the King James Version, it says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. You know, I think the problem that most Christians have, I think, when it comes to all this here, is that they don't see themselves as a spirit. They, they, they uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You identify with the flesh, with the works of the flesh, with the problem that you have, or, or the things that it seems like you can't overcome. That is not you. It's just because you live in this flesh. You know, Paul said, I put my body under. So he didn't, he didn't, he says his body is just something that he lives in on this earth, right? When your body expires, you leave this earth, right? But it's, it's, it's not redeemed yet. When Jesus comes, then we'll have a glorified body and you won't have to deal with all that. But until that time, as long as you're on this earth, you'll have to deal with it. But that's not you. You have a body. You live in a body, but that's not you. So don't identify <laughs> with your body. That is not you. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. You know, Brother Hagin was talking about this because he, he said that he was praying. He was down in Alabama. Maybe I talked about this last week, but it bears repetition. He was he was praying for like three or four hours, and he said, in that prayer time, he said, the Lord took him through 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 2, and 3. And he showed him, because he'd seen all these carnal Christians, that seems they're just walking according to the flesh, right? According to what we just read in, in, in Galatians chapter 5. And, and, you know, it bothered him. And so the Lord, he said, he, he went through and he showed him, and, and he said that if it was up to you, he said, you would have just, just, just told them to just pray through, repent, and get right with God. He said, that's exactly what I would have said. But he said, he changed, he changed me that day because he said that the, he said, most of the body of Christ have been preached to as they were sinners. They're not sinners. They're saints. You're not your body. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is who you are. You need to identify with that. And see yourself that way. And it's like, no, 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 no. I am keeping under my body. I don't have outbursts of wrath. There's a reason why I gave out these handouts here last week. These little deals, the ones that I made was blue. They're out here in guest service if you don't have one. But it is, it shows you, well, faith works by love. That's what Galatians tells us. And this shows you what love looks like. Okay, let me go to, to Galatians 5 and verse 22. And you can go there with me. 
And that really shows you who you are. If this is the first time that you've heard this in this way, well, just read your Bible and look at the scriptures that we use now and see if this is not correct. I tell people all the time, if you can't find it in the Bible, then this just disregard. But if the Bible is full of it, maybe we need to look into this. Hallelujah. And so in Galatians 5 and verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Here it is again. And it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So you're alive, you live in the Spirit because you're born again. But he says, then also, if we, if, if we are, then we need, we need to walk like it or live like it. Walk in it. You see here, if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, this is the fruits of the born-again Spirit. Okay? This is the fruits of, 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 of when you're born again, this is in you. Because according to the Bible, you have become a partaker of His divine nature, which is the nature of Almighty God. It's in your spirit. I said it's in your spirit. His nature, His love, His joy, His peace, His gentleness, and His self-control. It's in there. I said it's in there. And that's why, <clears throat> you know, and also the first, the first fruit that you see popping up after you're born again is love. You know, in, in 1 John it says that you know that you're born again because you love the brethren. So the first one is love. And I, I'm telling you if, you, if you can get this cemented in your mind, your life will be different. I said your life will be different. And this shows, you know, this is how love acts. And so, you know, I, somebody actually made this, and I thought, this is perfect. Because we need to identify with who we are. Don't identify, just, just, just put the flesh on there and say, no, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, and this is what that looks like. I endure long, and I'm patient, and I'm kind. This is the Amplified Classic. You know, if you go to Bible Gateway, whatever, you can find it. Most people don't carry around the Amplified Classic because it's like this big. But anyhow, or you can pick up one of these. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified Classic. I endure long and I'm patient and I'm kind. I'm never envious, nor do I boil over with jealousy. I'm not boastful or vainglorious. I do not display myself haughtily. I'm not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. I'm not rude, and I do not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in me, does not insist on its own right or its own way. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not touchy or fretful or resentful. I take no account of the evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. I do not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. God's love in me bears up under anything and everything that comes. I'm ever ready to believe the best of every person. Love's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. And at the end, 
Because I walk in love, I will never fail. One thing that I learned, Brother Harlan Jacobs in that, in that, uh, in that prayer group, he started talking to us about this, and he said that you need to acknowledge these truths. truths. You need to acknowledge this every day. You need to, you know, the word talks about meditation in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. You can put that up. Actually, I think I started in just verse 1. But I'm just going to make it shorter because we're at the end. So just 1-8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. And this, you know, Joshua, you know, he was stepping into some big shoes. How would you like to follow, follow Moses? You know, he split the Red Sea, brought him out of Egypt, you know was this strong leader, and now here Joshua is going to take up after him. And he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Put this book of the law in your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. If you want to be successful as a Christian, if you want to grow, you need to get the Word of God in your mouth. And you need to start to acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus. A good place to start is love. Because you're, you know, keeping the flesh under, it's a good place to start. You know, you crucify the flesh. You put it under. You say no. You know, I found actually that when you start, start crucifying the flesh in one area, it's, it's easier to, to just stop all the other stuff as well. Like when you get up in the morning and, and running. Have you ever done that, Rusty? No? I mean, <laughs> like this morning, I didn't feel like running. But I got up anyhow. You know, I've been watching some of these guys, you know, they're like Navy SEALs, and there's one guy who's a Navy SEAL and an Army Ranger. You know, he's done it both. He's done, you know, what they call Hell Week, you know, twice. I don't know why you won't do that, but he did it. And it's just, but the thing is that he has incredible control of his flesh. Some of these guys will get up in the morning and run a marathon every day, over 20 miles every day. And one of the guys, he said, he said like, don't tell me it takes, it takes a month and a half to recover from a marathon. I do one every day. <laughs> well, the human body is pretty amazing, you know. And, and, and most, 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 most times, you know, it's like, well, I'm just going to stay away from a cookie. <laughs> if you start putting your flesh under, putting it in place, it's going to get easier and easier. And you start to feed your spirit on the word of God. You start to meditate on who you are. You start to acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. He has made you holy and righteous because of his blood. You can't really work your way to become any more holy. Because he, he made you can walk more like it. You can grow up and not be so carnal. What does that mean? Well, it means that you are not, you're not letting your flesh dominate you, but you're letting your spirit dominate you that has the nature of Almighty God in it. I remember, you know, I think this is when I was doing biblical studies, and you know, we, were just, we were just studying every book of the Bible. 
And it has, well, just read this book like 10 times by the end of the term or whatever. And so, you know, so you, you read, you know, all of Genesis like 10 times. It's a lot of, lot of Bible, right? But, you know, what, what happens is that you're feeding yourself on the Word of God. You're feeding yourself on the Word of God. And I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night just laughing from my heart. But what is that? It's the nature of God just bubbling up from outside of you. You know, the thing is, we might look at stuff on the outside, but you have a lot of stuff in you that just needs to be let out. Hallelujah. You know, you, you, you build yourself strong when you start to meditate the Word, when you start to acknowledge what God says about you. And yes, your soul, your mind will sometimes... It's like, no, 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 no. I know what I did last week. Well, it doesn't matter. You, you, you were yielding to your flesh last week. You don't have to do that. No, no. Why don't you yield to who you are now in Christ Jesus? That new man that is, that is it's like, like Pastor Mike says, you're a conqueror. You are. You, you, you are a champion. You need to see yourself that way, though. And that's what happened to me at that, at that prayer and healing center. I started to, to see myself differently. I started to see myself as somebody God had called and equipped for what he called me to do. Did you know that God won't call you to do something that he won't also equip you for? For instance, you know, God gives you a wife, husband, I remember I felt so impressed when I got married that we needed to take communion. And one of the things that I put down in my vows was that I was going to lay down my life for my wife. Because that's what the Bible says. Just like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, I am supposed to lay down my life for my wife. And I wanted to have it written out and I wanted to say it. There's power in your words. I wanted to say it because there's going to be times in your life you don't feel like it. There's going to be times when your flesh tries to stick up its ugly head. And that's when you have to just release some things. Just make yourself accountable. This is who I am. I am what God says I am. And I can walk in love. And the thing is, what I've seen is that, you know, especially as, as, as the head of the home, you will get out of your wife what you sow into her. I'm talking to you men. If you will lay down your life for that woman, if you will sow into her, you will get what you, you will reap what you sow. If you pray for her, if you'll be overbearing with her, if you will love her on her worst days, guess what you're going to get back? She's going to love you on your worst days. What you sow to, you're going to reap from. And a lot of times, the reason why there's so many issues in marriages is because they don't do what the Bible says to do because the flesh is being given too much room. And if you walk by the flesh, I can tell you right now, you will never fulfill what God has called you to do. But if you will strengthen yourself with the Word of God, if you will build yourself up, with the word of God, you'll become strong, and that flesh will pop up and say, can I do that? No. 
Instead of the flesh saying, I'm going to do that. Okay. <laughs> the thing is that when you start to acknowledge the word of God, the Holy Ghost, he's your helper. He's not going to do it for you, but he's going to help you. Right? Because the Bible is very clear. You put the flesh under. You walk in the spirit. You yield to your new nature. That's up to you. But he will help you. But if you don't, and, and the problem a lot of times is that people don't even come to church. So I'm not, of course, not talking to you. But people don't even value the word of God. And they wonder why they fail. And they wonder why they, they bend and give up. It's because you're not strong enough. Don't wait until the storm comes to build yourself up. <coughs> because when the storm comes, it's going to be too late. Now you start to acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus right now. You start with this love stuff and it'll fix a lot of problems that you are wondering, well, how am I going to fix that? Well, if you walk in love, it probably fix itself. And the thing is, when you start to yield to love, now you're starting to yield to your nature, but you're also yielding to God. Because God is love, right? The Bible says so. God is love. And if you yield to love, you'll yield to God. If you walk in love, you're going to walk in God. And now you're going to see God results. And I encourage you, if you, didn't ha if you haven't listened to pastor's message from Sunday, I would encourage you to listen to it. Because it, it hits some of these things. It's very practical to help you and for you to see the value of walking in love. You know, God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. He made you completely holy. He, made, he gave you access into his very presence. He gave you his nature and his ability to do whatever God has called you to do. Now it's up to you to yield to it. And as you do, your life is going to be so good. You're going to find yourself strong, and you're going to find, you're going to find that some of the, the darts of the enemy, you're not even going to, you, you, they're just going to get off you like water off a goose back, goose's back. And when he, when he will be, you know, because your flesh is not going to have the hold it used to have on you. Meditating the Word of God will make you grow up faster than anything else. E.W. Kenyon said this. He said, most Christians are weak even though they're sincere because they've never dared to make a bold confession of who they are in Christ. And my mentor, Brother Harlan Jacobs, done at, at, at Healing School, he says, he says, people are trying to be something they already are. He said, be who you be. You are a new creature in Christ right now. Praise the Lord. It's 801. And so I'm just going to kind of wrap it up here. I wanted to touch some of these matters and, 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 and try to help you the best I can because I know how much it helped me. Because I found out that when I started to just acknowledge who I am in Christ and got rid of that, 
that the guilt and, 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 and the condemnation from, oh, you should have done better, you should have done this and whatever, and you will never, you know, amount to anything or whatever. I dealt with that, and I realized that, you know what, God is not over here and me trying to get good enough to, to, to get to him. No, no, he made me holy, and he is in the middle of my situation. And I, and, and I have access to him and all that he is, and I'm a new creature now. And dude, some of those things that have been holding me back for years, just, it wasn't even an issue anymore. Because now God and all that he is was filling my windshield. And I just wanted to pursue him. I just wanted to pursue him and all that he had for me. Because it was so much fun. Because when I get my wrong thinking out of the way, now I could start to access his goodness and his mercy. He'll help you. He just needs you to <laughs> renew your mind a little bit. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. You're so incredibly good to us. And I thank you, Father, for, for this word you put on my heart, Father, to share with the people tonight. And, and Father, I just ask you to help each and every one here, Father, to see. I ask, Father, actually that you will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of their understanding being enlightened that they may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in them? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power, Father, working towards them who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Because you truly, Father, that same power that you worked in Christ is working towards them. That they may see, Father, and understand, hallelujah, how much you love them and what you've done for them in Christ Jesus. And I know, Father, that this, this revelation comes by the help of your spirit, by the help of your word and your spirit. You said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you said that you've given us, you've given us your spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You want us to know them, Father. You want us to see, hallelujah, how free we really are right now. So we thank you, Father, hallelujah, for revelation. And understanding regarding these matters, Father. Because we know that the more we see, Father, the more freedom we're going to walk in. The more we see, Father God, we can walk in, our re in, in, in what you've done for us in redemption. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Father, for your word. It never returns void. But it always produces what it was sent to produce in the hearts of men. And I thank you, Father, as your word is received, it will produce. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto your spirit and their life. 
And as you receive this word tonight, it'll produce in you life. As you meditate on who you are in Christ and you acknowledge those things, it'll produce life in you. It'll actually activate whoo, those things that have been lying dormant in your heart all of these years. Things that you've seen glimpses of, you're going to be able to walk in. Hallelujah. Every day. Things that you've just seen glimpses of. Hallelujah. You'll be able to walk in. Because he intended for us to walk with him. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. You are so good. You are so merciful. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that the best is yet to come. I thank you, Father, for your provision that you've laid out for each and every one of us, Father, as we follow you. Because you're a good God and you provide everything that we need in grand style. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come for you. I said the best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come for me. Hallelujah. I will have personal testimonies. Say that. I will have personal testimonies of the goodness of God. There you go. Hallelujah. 2022 is going to be different for you. I said 2022 is going to be different for you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. You are merciful. You are kind. And you are good. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to his mighty name. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Hallelujah. More light, more light, more light, more light. Hallelujah. Breakthroughs in revelation. Hallelujah. If you will do what he puts in your heart to do even now, you will see your situation change radically and quickly. Because God is not pleased with problems or issues. No, no. He's pleased when you walk in freedom. He's pleased, hallelujah, when there's unity and peace in the home. And He is out to help you. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. And may our lives, Father, bring you great glory. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Sure. Go for it. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a microphone. Short. We might as well hear it. Grace is here. Yeah. Grace is come. Yeah. Just as surely as you're breathing air, grace is here, grace is come about this time. Yeah. The 
here for whatever you might need you know the father's heart is for us to walk in all that Jesus paid for he's not out for you to pay any price but he already paid the price for you to walk In Him. It's a wonderful life. Wonderful life. Praise God. Jesus is so wonderful. And He loves you so much. Woo! So much. Woo! So much. Anybody in here that haven't given your life to the Lord and you want to? He loves you so much. He just wants you. If you want him, raise your hand. Maybe it's for you online. You know, he's been waiting on you. Because he saw you before you were even born. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Even if you think that nobody else wanted you, he did. <laughs> he did. And he loves you. He actually gave his life so that you might live. You want to need to say, yes, Lord Jesus. I repent, which means I turn to you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. And if you'll do that, he will make you a brand new creature in him. A brand new person. He will lift off of you the burden of sin. Hallelujah. And he will set you free. Glory be to Jesus. He's a good God. He's a good God. Praise the Lord. Well, it's 8.13.